Welcome to the eighth episode of In the Vitrine. My name is Danny, and I'm Nadia. And today we'll be talking about beauty. Yes. Well, we are talking about beauty today because we came across the news that Victoria Beckham has launched a beauty brand. Yes, and also we've just been thinking about the $500 billion industry that beauty is mm-hmm. at present and all the different trends that are coming up that seem to be paralleling, um, in parallel with things that are happening in the fashion industry in general. That's right. So, you know, we are seeing words such as sustainability, inclusivity, uh, veganism, mm-hmm. cruelty-free, um, you know, all the buzzwords that are also kind of, you know, things that we're thinking about in fashion uh, or problems or issues around these, um, yeah, around these words that, you know, fashion designers are grappling with and fashion brands are thinking about. Yeah. And also the beauty industry does rely a lot on the the way that they advertise the products relies a lot on imagery. So, of course, fashion imagery and beauty imagery um, would tend to have this... Uh, things in mind as well like mm. um, having models of different uh, cultures different skin tones different um, sizes being represented even right. even when you're just showing their face you know yeah that's a really good point actually because I mean last week we were talking about fashion photography mm-hmm. and you know every time you come across a fashion spread you'll never just see like oh, okay you know these are just the clothes full yeah. stop there's also like makeup by hair by yeah. um, you know all these things come together to create that perfect fashion photograph and of course in our everyday lives um, we are concerned about beauty as well when we're putting together an outfit so I mean, this made us think of that that quote we're always using in class, right? Um, from Joanne B. Eicher and um, Mary Ellen Rich, uh, Mary Roach Higgins. So it is about how dress is an assemblage of modifications and or supplements to the body. And in this quote, we can see that, well, there is, of course, the supplements, like things you can put on and easily mm-hmm. take off, like clothes and jewellery and shoes and handbags. But there's also modifications like makeup, perfume, Yep. nail polish and, and so yep. on. So they can be permanent modifications or temporary modifications as cosmetics are. Yeah. And permanent ones would be like tattoos, for instance. Piercings. Or, yeah, piercings, um, eyebrow, eyebrow embroidery, which is really big in Asia right <laughs> now. Um, but we'll get to that later. So I think where we can start talking about beauty would be, I guess, with all these celebrity brands that are coming up, right? Um, we were talking about Victoria Beckham Beauty, and she's launching, I think, with mostly something to do with the smoky eye, which is quite a signature look of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were also talking about other cosmetic brands. Yeah. So, for example, Kylie Jenner, who started this challenge on Instagram to kind of get your lips to look fuller, mm-hmm. she also launched her cosmetic line, which made her one of the richest women in America. Mm. Um, and, and it relies a lot on her celebrity and her particular look, right? Mm. And then there's, of course, Rihanna's um, cosmetic line Fenty, which has been doing extremely well due to the fact that they are catering over 50 shades of concealer and Foundations. foundation. So yeah. even the way that they create the photographs and the imagery, she's got models from all over the world, um, some models wearing the hijab and um, being very inclusive in her in, in how she portrays it. Yeah. 
And I'm also thinking, well, when I think about Fenty, I think about Huda Beauty as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Huda Beauty also has kind of the same idea mm-hmm. um, in catering to a wide range of women, to catering to what, you know, usually they call real women, right? <laughs> um, and... I mean, it has, I think, 10 fewer shades of foundation than Fenty does. But, you know, the, the idea is there that it yeah. is about catering to as wide an audience as possible. Yes. Um, which is very different, I think, from how cosmetics labels have usually functioned. You know, so if we think about the big drugstore brands like um, mm. L'Oreal, yeah. Maybelline, um, what else do we have? I mean, I remember mm. when you're talking about L'Oreal and Maybelline, I remember going to the to the as a teenager going to the counter and seeing like maybe four shades there and yeah. I had to how am I going to match one of these f- I know. Uh, what what are the chances that one of these four shades is going to match I know <laughs> yeah and you know you would put them on your arm and then it would always be like well that's kind of like <laughs> it and that one is sort of closer but it was never the correct one right because yeah. I don't think when we were growing up that they were really catering to like you know the asian sort of um skin tone as yes. well um, but it was really fun to do that because, you know, you would kind of go to the pharmacy. I mean, that's where we would go <laughs> to the pharmacy and kind of try on all these like products. And, um, you know, it's just part of like expressing oneself. And if we think about the idea of um, Huda Beauty, something else comes through as well. You were talking about how, you know, celebrities have been launching these um, makeup brands. Mm-hmm. But there are now these new types of celebrities, right? The the self-made sort of like Instagram or social media celebrities. Yes. So Huda Beauty was, of course, started by Huda Katan, who started as a beauty blogger. So she was makeup artist by day, beauty mm. blogger by night. And... I mean, for myself, I have watched beauty tutorials for sure online. Like, how do I... Yeah, they're very... You can just have them in the background. Yeah. (laughs) And what always fascinates me is that when I click on a video, because, you know, when you search for something, of course, the one that's been the most watched will pop up, right? And some of these things have, like, a million views, two million views. Yeah. And it's quite insane, you know, that there is such a big sort of um, demand for this sort of videos to teach you how to do something... And a lot of them also become quite viral on my feed, like mm. before and after, and all the comments. Sometimes they're quite nasty, though. They're like, what? It's like, <laughs> they're cheating us. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, aside from Huda Beauty, I think one other brand we were thinking about and that we both use would be Gossier. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started by... Emily Weiss. And yeah. she... Well, her blog was concentrating a lot on the beauty regimes of different women. So again, it's that that idea of what do real women do? Because Mm. obviously celebrities have a makeup artist with them. I mean, we've seen uh, footage of Kim Mm -hmm. Kardashian um, in in the Kardashians um, being made up at home. And um, this is a regime that not everybody can have. Mm -hmm. So a lot of beauty bloggers were writing about not just the cosmetics, but also the what do they do before to like kind of take care of the skin. And with all those insights, they ended up creating brands that mm. people could relate to and all their viewers could relate to. Yeah, and I guess, you know, they already had, you know, the, the clientele, right? Mm. The customers ready because, you know, if you're following a content producer and you love what they've produced, you would think that when they come up with a brand that you would like the products as well. Yeah. You know, because it's then for the real women that they loved looking at um, on these blogs, for instance. Yeah. And, well, you and I have both been to the Glossier shops, yes. right? I've been to the one in Los Angeles and you've been to the one in New York. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know that there were only two, so I thought there yeah. were more. But so, 
when I went, that was in, at the end of 2017. And okay. at that time, they were not posting uh, their products anywhere else. As right. in, you couldn't ship them outside of America. Okay. But I believe now that you can ship them to different places. So my friends on Instagram were like, please buy this for me. Or like, right. please make sure to go to the Glossier store. Yeah. And I went and... The experience is really, really like I, I loved it. The, all the sales girls were like young, chirpy. Had this like what they call the glazed donut face, right? So it's a bit, okay. it's really glossy and looks very healthy and yeah, but like very, very natural. Yeah, dewy, mm. very natural and super. And and then they were like super helpful and they were wearing these pink jumpsuits. Mm. And even the decor in the store, it was on the fourth floor, so you had to take the lift up okay. the building. Um, and when you entered, they it was it's all like very Instagrammable. Mm. That has become a verb now. Yeah, Instagram. <laughs> and a lot of young millennial um, con- customers were there, and of course taking pictures and mm. videos. Right. So it just builds upon itself. Mm. Um, and well, my experience was that I went and I just wanted to buy everything because <laughs> I was thinking, well, I'm only here for a week. And if I don't buy it now, it'll be really hard to get it back in Singapore. Um, so I was looking at all these things that I had only read about, like, you know, cloud paint, for instance. That was mm. something that was really, you know, I, I really wanted to try that out. Yeah. And it was hard to choose a particular color that I thought would work well on my skin. And of course, um, the lip balms as well. What is it called? Dot com? Dot balm? Uh, that was I forget the, hand, the hand balms, no? Uh, not the hand balms, the lip balms. The the ones to protect your lips. Like, they had the birthday colour, they had the mint. Oh, right. Yep. So, I mean, it was really Balm. fun. Balm.com. Balm.com. Got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the play on words, I think that's hard to remember. Um. Yeah, but that's really fun. And, you know, when I was looking at all these things, I thought this reminds me quite a bit of... Um, the Mary Quant cosmetics that came out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. But before we go into that, I wanted to say that one of the things I thought was really great about the whole experience of shopping at Gossier was that it seemed as if you were not spending money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like you would just kind of tell them what you wanted and yeah. then they'd be like, okay, we'll pack it for you. Yes. What is your name? And then they had these like iPads with them and then you just had to, I don't know, tap your card or something on the machine yes. um, or the heart reader. And it's as if like nothing happened at all. You know, you just had this yeah. wonderful, fantastical, dreamlike experience. And I mean, obviously it costs something, but you just kind of float on this like cloud of pastel colours. Yeah. And then they pack all these things beautifully for you in like bubble, bubble wrap, wrap <laughs> pink, um, yeah. zip. And I've seen so many of my students using them um, as like their pencil box or like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't seem very sustainable because I mean it's plastic <laughs> and all that. But somehow it's become like a covetable item. Yeah. Um even though there's like no logo or anything on it. Maybe that's what makes it cool because it's like if you know, you know that it's glossier. But if you don't know then it's just like <laughs> a cute pink thing. Yeah. But I mean yeah. the yeah the they are their fonts are great. I, mm. I love... The aesthetics definitely speak to our time. Right. Yeah. And also the idea that it's like no makeup makeup. Yeah. Um, that is supernatural. That seems to be very hot these days. Um, it's sort of like the no filter or like yes. the no makeup makeup look. I don't know what it is. Um, but do you remember the makeup looks of the 1990s? Because this is kind of... In the 1990s, a lot of celebrities were also doing that no-makeup look. And, mm-hmm. and the beauty ideals of the 90s, I mean, with those beautiful Glamazon models, was also this very healthy, robust kind mm. of... Right. 
Exactly. So it was not so much about coverage, but about showing who you are and showing your true, true beauty. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of also like what we see with Huda Beauty and Fancy Beauty as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of embracing the skin colour you were born with and, you know, just not covering things up. And also, I think we're seeing, you know, more um, acceptances of um, imperfections, like, you know, freckles, yes. for instance. I so mean, there was a whole makeup trend on where women, like, women were drawing on freckles. Right. It's sort of like drawing on that um, mold, mold. Beauty mold, that's the, true. Yeah, yes. the Sydney Crawford beauty mold. Um, so, yeah, it's about sort of celebrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this idea of thinking about what kind of imperfections, mm. what are considered imperfections and how we accentuate them. Yes. Yeah. L- I mean, last week we were talking about the Chinese model. That's right. And there was also, the, um, I th- believe, a Mongolian model who mm-hmm. had lots of moles on her face okay. and had this other real beauty. And beauty brands are choosing this kind of faces to mm-hmm. also portray different images. Yeah. I think it's a good trend. Yeah. yeah this inclusivity thing. And of course, I mean, ultimately, I think beauty is just about having fun. Um, So, you know, we were talking before this episode about Mary Quant Mm -hmm. and how obviously we love her and um, the idea that, you know, fashion and beauty can both be about experimentation, about expressing yourself. Yes. And of course, she's the one who created, you know, that extended colour palette for Mm -hmm. cosmetics back in the 60s. Yeah. So to her, it just made sense because her clothing in the 1960s was so different from the clothes in the 1950s. And to to bring over that makeup look, the face just didn't, the face and the hair just didn't look like it fit the Mm. clothing. So she had to, she just had to Mm. (laughs) create um, a new look, a new... um, way of dressing the face that would match the clothes that she was making. This modern, colourful looks, that youthful looks that she was creating. Yeah. And I mean, she's the one who sort of made over um, herself as well from head to toe. You know, she had that iconic five-point haircut, Mm, you know, that Vidal Sassoon created for her. And of course... Yeah, with the the makeup as well, just super yes. experimental, and the clothes, you know, with the mini skirts and the yeah. colors again, and yeah. those like super fun space age boots as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a surprise that beauty, hair, and clothing and shoes would all come in a, every era, every there's a zeitgeist for all of these things yeah. that kind of link to each other. Mm, definitely. Um, what do you put on your face, Danny? Well, today, <laughs> today I'm not feeling particularly glamorous, but okay. I am wearing the cloud paint. Okay. I, it's an everyday item that I wear. Right. Um, I feel like blush just kind of livens up your face. Mm-hmm. And for me, eyebrows are really important, so I always need to fill them in a little bit. Yes. And if I want to be my full look, I need the lipstick, but I'm not wearing it today. Okay, well, I'm not really wearing lipstick today either. I think today we're kind of feeling a bit (laughs) sort of sloppy, maybe. Um, But I remember that, you know, the first time I ever wore lipstick, I felt super self-conscious. I mean, talking about lipstick. Because now it seems as if whenever I want to present myself in a formal situation, I feel naked without lipstick. Like, Mm. um, without it, I feel like, oh gosh, you know, I'm not kind of doing the occasion justice or I'm not presenting my best self. 
But I remember the first few times I wore it, I just thought that people were staring at me because it was too <laughs> loud or I looked clown-like. But of course, it was all in my head, right? I, I hope, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I hope so. Um, and then something else that's become, you know, quite uh, normal, I think, among um, working women in Singapore would be the lash extensions. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, you know, lots of women are going for lash extensions these days. Um, mm. So these are, like, semi-permanent, where you go to a beauty salon and you basically lie down for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> um, and then a beautician would attach, like, single-strand lashes to your wow. own lashes. And then at the end of it, you look beautiful, you look mm. marvellous. You look like, you know, you have makeup on um, because the lashes just kind of open up your peepers. Yeah. Um... And the thing is, it just takes so much time to me. It's like an mm. hour and a half of just lying down. That Although, I must say, when I have done it, I just listen to podcasts <laughs> or, like, music. And I often fall asleep. Like, it's my <laughs> so nap time. But, I mean, that bit's definitely um, having to put on fake lashes. Have you tried putting on fake lashes? You know, I have. Oh, <laughs> so they hurt so bad, they poke into your eye. Right. But, but have they you look done great it on photographs. That's true. But have you done it recently? Because they there have been advancements. No, I've done it. I did it tw- two years ago, and I no more than that five years ago, and I okay. never did it again. Well, you have to try now because you know there are all these new like you know they'll tell you they are Korean lashes or no they are like like real um hair or um I recently tried out this particular brand called Lashify, um where it's using something called like I think Gossamer. Um, well, they call it gossamers, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea that um, it is very uh, light, you know. That it is um, like gossamer feathers. Exactly, you know. So it's a really good name. And what it was trying to do was to say, like, you know, this is the the new way forward. You know, not the poking ones that you're talking about. Not like lying down, um, you know, on a beautician sort of table for like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. but that you're in control, you know, that you are your lash technician. And so far, I like it. Um, because I find that, you know, it's quite tedious to kind of, like, put on the whole, like, mascara and eyeliner and all that every single day and mm-hmm. having to remove them. And for some reason, I can never remove them properly. But this makes me think, do you think that there there's really true diversity in beauty or mm. that a lot of the products that are being made are still catering towards making us look a certain way? Like... We are privileging long, plump lashes mm-hmm. or like... Or like Kylie Jenner is like yeah, talking about plump lips, lips. right? Yeah. So what do you think? I'm not sure because I'm also thinking about Korean beauty. I mean, we mm-hmm. can't really think about beauty without thinking about like this whole booming industry in Korea. Um, and also that they have a different standard of what looks beautiful. Yes. So something that has stuck in my mind, I mean, this is like maybe from five years ago in 2014... There was this gradient lip thing. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, so it's almost as if like the the Korean women, uh, usually for younger looking girls, they would. It's as if they had just eaten eaten a lollipop, you know, mm-hmm. and there's like a, some stain left on the lips. Okay, not that I've said it like that. It just sounds yeah very sexual. But I mean, probably that's what it is. Yes. And you know, you would achieve infantilization for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like self infantilization. I feel like quite a bit of beauty. Um, some beauty subcultures tend to do that. Like, mm. the, the, there is this kind of 
baby or like mm. child like look yeah that I mean, you can see even rosy cheeks right sort of like you know you have that like shyness yes yeah or like um the idea of being dewy or the idea of mm. being like you know babe smooth as a baby's bottom <laughs> you know there's this obsession with looking like a baby yeah. <laughs> um but I think with the Korean look, I don't think they are that focused on um, the lashes. I mean, in that gradient. So that for that look, it would be like okay, the focus is on the lips. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas everything else looks quite light. Um, you know, so I'm not sure. Um, I guess there's enough space for people to experiment, but I'm not yeah. sure if they are. I mean, we are in an environment when, where we are around a lot of people who use fashion to express themselves and use fashion to kind of get to terms with who they are so mm. I've seen students use like amazing makeup looks that look like aliens and like mm. the fake freckles and they look different all the time Yeah, but I'm not so sure about the people I see in the public bus mm-hmm. or the public train you know yeah but I think ultimately I think makeup is just for us to kind of hide what we perceive as our imperfections um, and just present the best that we can mm-hmm. um and I think the way that, you know, it's moving forward, um, the brands that I buy into, the brands that I interact with, have also been uh, affected by, you know, like the things that we talked about at the beginning, like sustainability mm-hmm. or technology. So, for instance, I think we both use this brand, um, Innisfree, yep. which is from Korea, right? Yes. And it's sort of like from the islands of Jeju. Or yes. Something like that. So, yeah. a lot of their ingredients, like their volcanic clay masks, come from Jeju. Mm-mm which is an island in Korea. Yeah. And and then when we're talking about sustainability, one of the things that brands are doing is thinking about closing the loop. Mm. So taking back their packaging or taking back their items to bring back into the loop. Mm. So it's about also using natural ingredients. Um, also, it's also yes. about not like um, trying things out on animals. Um, mm-hmm. So against animal testing. And yeah, certainly this idea of packaging, like returning the packaging and then you can get something in return, right? Like... If you return, member points. <laughs> yeah, member points, so you can get like a free product, um, you know, eventually down the road. But sometimes I'm not sure that this really works because, like, with Innisfree, every time you buy something, like, if you accumulate a certain amount of dollars, right? If you spend like seventy dollars, for instance, you get like free, oh, yes. All you know, free items, free items, yeah. right? Like trial kits and things like that. So then I'm like, well, you know, it seems like you're kind of counteracting using plastic for that. Uh, yeah, it's That's like. True they're kind of cancelling out their own efforts almost. Um, so I'm not sure about that. And sometimes, honestly, when I'm looking at beauty brands, and then they have all these words like, it's cruelty-free, it's sustainable, it's natural, it's blah, 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 blah. Um, it just seems like a lot of empty words, you know, mm-hmm. that need to be there to kind of draw attention to how, yes, we're aware of what's going on and we want you to know that we are, you know, Working protecting on. the environment and we celebrate you, but... I'm not sure that it really means anything mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. And also, as consumers, we don't know... What really goes on. What really goes on, what what this ingredient is. And it's not really face beauty, but, I mean, um, I read an article about how Lush has a special team of, like, three or four people just to kind of research the supply chains of all mm-hmm. their ingredients. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let's say sandalwood is something that's very popular in a certain product. Then they would go to the supplier and see whether that chain is clean, etc. Mm. So, we don't know whether right. the ingredients in these brands are truly, yeah. truly 
it must be quite ethical. tough to kind of, you know, get, make sure that everything is yeah. kosher or everything is like, you know, on up and up because exactly. it's like you have all these things to think about, right? I mean, it seems like they would go hand in hand, like being sustainable, being inclusive, being cruelty-free and all that. And it seems, of course, that obviously we have to adhere to these standards, but there must be at some point you know, something that we're not quite sure of um, or that something has to give. I'm not sure. I think that's all we have to talk about for beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us uh, on SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you're finding this podcast. <laughs> and do follow us on Instagram as well for updates. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.